Hi there, I'm Deb Crow, and I want to welcome you to season four of Imperfect, the heart-centered leadership podcast. This is a podcast where we connect, learn, and laugh together with authentic and courageous leaders from all over the globe. You will learn from leaders you haven't even met yet. You will gain new tools to add to your leadership toolkit because leadership belongs to all of us. It is not measured by stature or title. So please pull up a chair and listen in. This is the Imperfect Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. So welcome back. And today my guest is Ben Albert. And Ben, I'm so glad you wanted to be on the show. So welcome. I'm excited to be here, Deb. I appreciate the opportunity. Season four on video. Every week I I talk about, you know, that little step out of the comfort zone. But I've always recorded the interviews on video and we've just never shared them. And my team is like, why are we not doing this? So it's lovely to see you here. And it's nice that we're sharing that format now with our listenerships that we we humbly boast is in 65 countries. We're pretty proud of that, Ben. You know, it's 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 nice to have the one on one with you, but it's even nicer that everybody can join in on video as well. Well, and it's nice that we get messages and requests. And when we interview someone like yourself and maybe a little bit of your story is a touch point for someone else that, you know, is thinking about something or pondering something. And and it's it's always the goal is is to touch one of the listeners. So if you're ready, I'm going to dig into my four leadership questions. Sure. Okay. So mm. we talked about, Ben is all about marketing and networking and podcasting. So as a preface to my first leadership question, I don't want to read your bio because your story belongs to you. So share with our listeners a little bit about Ben and what we're going to chat about here today. Yeah, so my story as of recent is crazy to even mention. I mean, when COVID hit, I was let go. I was a sales executive for a corporate marketing firm. And in just over a year, I was actually able to replace that sales executive established income as an entrepreneur. And now it blows my mind that I've been running this business for three years. Um, and it all comes from a place of curiosity. I joke that I ask questions for a living. And there's two main categories where I get to, uh, you know, ask a lot of questions. There's my podcast, Real Business Connections, where it's all about helping getting the wisdom from the people who have it to the people who need it. And then the marketing firm, which I treat marketing and leadership and any kind of, it's human to human. You, you talk about this all the time. It's never square peg round hole you have to treat people the way they want to be treated. So I get to ask a lot of questions and come up with fun solutions to complex problems. So again, I like to joke that I ask questions for a living. Well, I like that. And I, I think your story will resonate with a lot of people because a lot of people did lose their job during COVID. And, you know, I, I hate the overused word pivot, but it's true. A lot of people had to pivot. And you decided to be an entrepreneur. Big leap. So big faith, big leap. So congratulations to you. And, and here you are thriving three years later. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of it was following my heart and it didn't feel like a pivot. There wasn't a plan. There wasn't a plan A, B, C and D. It was like, oh, my God, what's happening? 
Mm. Let's just try something I'm passionate about. And and the cards fell the way they needed to. I love that. Well, my first question for you is, you've said, I lost my my job as a sales exec during COVID, decided to do what I love and be an entrepreneur. So my question is, how did you start marketing your business? Because I'm sure you were terrified. I'm sure you were feeling clueless. I'm sure even as a sales executive, you are now selling you. So share with our listeners a little bit about this journey and how you didn't go down the rabbit hole, how you rose above and became vibrant and successful. Well, I like to say in any kind of sales, business development, or just connection of people, the more hands you shake, the more money you make. But there wasn't really any physical hands to be shaken (laughs) because the world had gone virtual. But I had started a music podcast in 2016. It was called Rochester Groovecast, bringing together the groovy, creative music and culture from my hometown of Rochester, New York. So I had seen value in the medium. I had a little bit of an understanding of Zoom. I had a recording background. So I said, you know, music, Ben, is a little bit of a party animal. He comes from a a father that was an alcoholic. He he doesn't treat himself well. He's up late. He's eating too much. There's no music even in the first place because it's COVID. So I said, I need to redefine myself. I'm getting up to my 30s. I can't be music, Ben. I need to change. I need to pivot. Here's the word. And I became business, Ben. And I didn't do much differently. I started a podcast, but I called it Rochester Business Connections. Instead of a music show, it was a business show. And I just started to have, you know, shake hands and have conversations with people that would become peers, friends, mentors, clients using Zoom. So in a moment of total difficulty, it actually lended well because Before you know it, you know, I was talking to CEOs and they could show up in their pajama pants. But instead of feeling poor about myself and making excuses, I took this difficulty and and took that opportunity to jump online, revamp my LinkedIn profile and just start having conversations. Because honestly, Deb, I didn't know the answer. I didn't know the North Star. I didn't have a playbook. I had just started this entrepreneurship thing. But I knew I couldn't get anywhere without the help of others. And I guess it worked out for me. So that's a testament for the power of uh, building a tribe. Absolutely. And and kudos to you. And, you know, yeah. I think it's also not having the North Star figured out. If yeah. we wait to have everything figured out, we would never navigate forward. So I think that's such a an important point, not to be a mood point, but... And a lot of people say, well, that sounds common sense. It is. But I often say it doesn't mean it's people's common practice. So congratulations. Okay, my second question has permanent residency on the show. I've asked every leader on the show this question. What imperfections does Ben bring to his heart-centered leadership? So this is, you could do a whole podcast just on that one question. I could, but that wouldn't be fun, would it? It's just, it's it's got permanent residency. It brings a lot of candor, a lot of humor. And most guests are like, how long do we have? So what comes top of mind to you? Yeah, it, it goes back to how long do we have. But um, I I wasn't successful younger. I didn't have... Uh, a vision. I, I, I was 
I was the rebel kid most of my life. And it came from a household where my father was an alcoholic, ended up drinking himself to death at a very young age. And my mom had a neurological uh, disorder, multiple sclerosis. So between my dad's alcoholism, him going to prison at one point, my mom's disorder, it was dysfunctional. And I was honestly like on the spectrum depressed, like did not, did not, it didn't feel like sunshine and roses. And I'm so humbled and grateful for the darkness I have been through and for those scars, because it gives me a level of humility and a level of understanding that when I'm speaking to another human, you know, we all have a unique story. And if they can, if we can extract the wisdom from each other's stories, we can move on and make this world a better place. So um, definitely not a, a laugher, but I was sad and struggling most of my life. And Deb, I just recently started to truly figure it out. And it goes back to just starting to surround myself with the right people, stopped making excuses, and I just started to take action. Again, it it sounds like such a common sense approach, yet it's the trifecta that affects so many. And it's just wonderful to hear how you've come through that valley in that part of your life. And and now you're thriving. So thank you for sharing that, Ben. That was beautiful. Okay, my third question is, you know, it sounds like a cliche, but I know it's true. So how did you go from zero dollars because you had no paycheck because you started up to becoming what you call going from zero to a hero in under a year and you had no money, you were unemployed. And like you said, you were feeling an element of hopelessness. I think this message will strongly resonate again with our listeners. So where did you start? How did you become your own hero in all aspects, including living and supporting yourself from a monetary standpoint? Yeah. um, So I had already started to dive into the business development, personal development, kind of self-help industry. And, you know, I, for quite some time, was doing affirmations in the mirror and I was keeping a journal and things looked positive and I could tell you things and it sounded like things were positive, but I was miserable at work. Um, I was stressed out taking a half Xanax every Monday to get through the meetings of the day. And I really wasn't like, like I was journaling and doing these affirmations, but I wasn't taking any of the massive action to make it come true. I was, I was in a job that didn't fit me properly and I was pretending to be happy and fulfilled, but I really just was struggling and miserable. So the real big change was just to step into what I already knew. I didn't need new answers. I didn't need new solutions. I needed to stop drinking so much. I need to start uh, 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 eating healthier, not staying out so late. I needed to start a passion project, something creative, which ended up being that business podcast. Um, Before I went out on my own, I started a blog just to start blogging. And instead of just journaling for myself, I was going to give it out to the world. And then as I started to take these actions, the answers started to come my way. And pretty much it was in the form of relationships and mentors. People would start put their chips on me. They'd have a large LinkedIn following or they'd have a large podcast themselves. 
and they'd come on my rinky dinky show. And as I started to, people talk about self-care all the time. For me, it wasn't doing anything more. It was actually subtracting all the things in my life. I was doing these positive things. I would do the affirmations, Deb, but I would look in the mirror with these tire bloodshot eyes and I didn't believe myself. So I had to start giving myself proof to gain confidence by that memory of winning and belief. And again, it was just starting a project and starting to eat a little bit better and holding myself accountable and calling my grandma and actually talking to her and telling her I loved her rather than being self-centered. It was really just taking small little baby steps every day. And before you know it, you give yourself all the evidence that you actually are kick butt and you didn't have to do anything new. You just had to start implementing what you already knew. Wise words from a young person. Isn't it amazing when we start taking small, actionable steps? I always say one millimeter a day leads up to big, big gains, big wins. It, it's That's amazing. It's, it's tough because food is a requirement. We have to eat every day. Socialization is a requirement and there's a lot of drinking and late nights that sometimes go with socialization. So they're the most difficult things yeah. to, to face, but we're either going to face them now or face them when we get sick too young. And I had to see that firsthand with my father and I don't want to face, face them now. I'd rather face them now than face them by getting sick when I'm still young. Absolutely. And great insight. Okay, my last leadership question. You talk about designing your personal content story and and to make your brand, your words pop with content ideas. There's all kinds of people who have lost their job, left their job and are working online. Share a couple of tips for our listeners of how to get started and what you mean by that. Well, the at the core, you have to know what you value. And it's not a value someone gave to you or a value that Deb or Ben came up with. Mm -hmm. It's what do we personally align with? Who are we? What do we value? Mm -hmm. And that can change. We might not have a perfect answer, but if you just Google search long list of values, I'm pretty sure Brene Brown has a list. You can choose any of those lists. You take that long list of values and just start circling the ones that really stick out to you. Mm -hmm. Then... I'm going to make this a little bit difficult. I want you to cross half of those out and really focus on the ones that are standing out. Mm -hmm. And then the goal is a third time you can highlight or you can cross out, but we want maximum three to five because if we get three to five, those are core values. And then when you look at um, common narratives in your life, most of those values started at a very young age. Mm -hmm. They started in two different categories. They started in a story of a mentor, a guiding light, a hero that embodied a value and showed you what it looked like to have that value in your life. Or that grumpy antagonist anti-hero that actually showed you what life looks like when that value isn't in abundance. And then you have a chip on the shoulder that you don't want people to feel the way you felt. And then you embody that value, whether you know it or not. So once you have these values and you can look back at stories and narratives, whether it's a positive, I find that sometimes the antagonist stories are actually a little more compelling. Mm -hmm. Then I know that 
growth, connection, fulfillment, fun. These are values of mine. Everything that I talk about weaves in those values. And then I can begin to attract the people that have a similar alignment with those kind of values and push away people that aren't meant to be in my tribe. We, we can't we can't be perfect for everyone. But if I feel like if we speak from the heart based on our values and we live in alignment with those values and tell stories about them, it's hard not to start attracting the like minded people that you want to have in your life. And it sounds like a great equation to me. And I, I fully agree with you. It's really I don't know if you notice none of this is complex. It's I, not. I'm not I, I'm not the brightest guy. I just started to implement some of this stuff and, and you see that the solutions come. Absolutely. I'm going to switch to my fan four now. These are just oh, okay. four rapid fire questions. I want to know what's sitting top of mind on that creative brain of yours. First question, if you think about your leadership language, What's a phrase or a word that you use in your day-to-day leadership language? Hey, I use human to human a lot, especially when talking about marketing. Because to expand a little bit, humans buy from humans that sell to humans. Even AI devices are created by humans to serve humans. So the moment we take humanity out of it is the moment we're misguided in what we're doing. I love that. What's a uh, second question, a quote that you've read at any juncture in your life, what's a quote that really resonated you with you? What is it? And, and tell us why. There's so many, but one of my, oh, I just had two come to mind. I'll give you my main one because I use it all the time. There is no key to success, happiness, fulfillment. There is no key. It's a combination lock. Mm-hmm. And each and every one has a unique combination. So the goal isn't just to copy someone else's key. It's to surround ourselves with the right knowledge, the right people and take action to find our own personal combination. Um, similar to a fingerprint. Why do you think they take your fingerprint when you get in trouble? Because each and every one is, of us is unique. And it's my goal to find that combination. I love, I love that. Okay, I'll give you some context for my third (laughs) question. Okay. So I'm granting you a wish and you get to have dinner with a leader. Now, this leader could be living or passed away. Who is the leader and what is the dinner conversation? You know, it's really fascinating because I was born and raised Jewish. But the first thing that comes to mind is Jesus Christ. And part of it is I I was raised in Judaism. I actually don't know that much about Christianity other than like the pop Christianity. Mm. But given what he accomplished in his teachings, I'd love to experience it. I'd, I'd love to just sit down, smile and nod and ask questions because, again, raised Jewish. I don't know if Jesus is my my savior or not, but talk about the greatest prophet of I don't even know. It's so funny because I'm a Jew. And the first thing that always comes to mind is Jesus. I want to meet the guy. And and it's been brought up on the show before. And it's really neat to hear kind of your top of mind answer being raised Jewish. And it just goes to show your intuition and your openness to explore other things. So very, very cool. 
So before I have you finish out the show, I have a sentence as my last Fab Four question that I'll ask you to finish. I just want to say what a delight to meet you and, and have you on the show. And I'm so locking arms with you about real businesses, about connection. My definition of heart-centered leadership is honoring your connection with people. So I just want to say thank you for spending time with me today, Ben. Thank you, Deb. Okay, let's finish the show. Finish the sentence for me. Heart-centered leadership is? Connection required the only way, the only true path to true fulfillment, growth, teamwork. I think it's necessary. Thanks so much for joining me today on Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed the show today and have learned some new tools for your leadership toolkit from our amazing Heart-Centered guest. If you like the show, feel free to give us a rating and a review, and we always welcome your feedback anytime. Looking to master the art of heart? Head over to our website at debcrow.com and watch out for Deb's new book, The Heart-Centered Leadership Playbook, coming in September. 